Hope you came tonight uh, to have an encounter. Well, sounds like we did. We're in the right place. Yeah, amen. Um, I want to read something to open up real quick. Uh, if you want to turn there, you can. Proverbs chapter 2. Uh, just a couple of things real quick. Uh, you know, we're, for, uh, we're not doing any worship tonight, uh, not with music and stuff. Um, but uh, we wanted to uh, just kind of open up and jump right in. Um, and if you're here tonight, I'm pretty sure you know that Ryan Pena is our guest. He's the, uh, yeah. Ryan, uh, he's just awesome, and we could end it right there probably, yeah. He's, uh, he's the, I, I couldn't remember the clarity of the position he's working in now with uh, Dub and SOK, but he's the national director, uh, you know, and so that's, uh, that's good stuff, man. Uh, we met Ryan a couple of years ago in year one with Dub, and um, man, Ryan is, uh, he's awesome, man. He, uh, he's, he's been in this whole kingdom thing for quite a while and uh, does a lot of stuff with Michael Dalton. How many of y'all know Michael Dalton? Another brain melter, if you would, <laughs> right? Um, but the one cool thing is every time I've heard Ryan or, or talked to him, uh, there's always some kind of wisdom that comes or some kind of um, insight. And so uh, this morning I was reading and, and some things jumped out at me in Proverbs 2. And um, so Solomon writes this, he says, My son, if you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, Make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding, for if you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. How many of you want more wisdom? Want more discernment? Want more understanding? Yes? So tonight, I believe we're going to be imparted with a bunch of that. But Ryan can bring us all the wisdom that Holy Spirit wants to lay out for us that he wants to. But you and I, we must make our ear attentive to that wisdom. Amen? We must incline our heart, right? To incline, that's not a word we use every day anymore. Uh, but to incline to do something is let's, let's put our focus there. Amen? Let's make it a purpose so would anybody join me in making it my purpose that I would put my heart towards understanding? Anybody going to join me with that? Yeah. Amen. All right. And we're going to cry out for discernment. Now, that's not, you know, boo-hoo and like Hoyle might do. Where's Hoyle? No, I'm just kidding, Hoyle. Got to pick on you. Not the boo-hoo cry, but the, if I was to right now say, hey, John, where are you going, John? If I was to do that, right, I'm crying out for John to, like Zoe does, um, we want to cry out. We want to tell the Lord tonight. So I'm asking you again, is there anyone that would cry out with me for wisdom? Yeah? Amen. See? Uh, and lastly, or not lastly, but lift our voice for understanding. Isn't it awesome that we, we've learned so much about the spoken word and what our voices uh, do, right? So lift your voice out for discernment. Everybody needs more discernment. I, I know I want more discernment. Amen? And so I'm going to lift my voice up here in a minute for more discernment. Um, uh, I'm sorry, for understanding. And Raquel says, yes and amen. Chris needs a lot of understanding. And I love it how he talks about wisdom. 
You notice you can hear Rebecca laughing over all of that? <laughs> Verse 4, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures. It's not easy to find these things, right? It, it's not just laying on the ground in front of us. It's, we gotta, I mean, it's there. We just got to do the digging. Amen? And so tonight, join me also with searching for hidden treasures and then we're going to discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge that God has for us tonight. Amen? So, Father, we come to you tonight. And, uh, Lord, I, would, I just want to claim this right now. I want to do what this says. I want to right now purposefully, I want to make my ear attentive to the wisdom that you're going to bring. I want to incline or I want to pursue or make it a purpose in my heart tonight to get understanding and I want to cry out right now in my own voice. I am crying out for discernment, Father, right now. And I'm going to lift up my voice right now for understanding. I'm asking you to give me understanding. And for those of us that are all here just gathered, we're going to seek after you as silver. We're going to search for it with the hidden treasure or as a hidden treasure. And I thank you tonight, Father. I thank you for the wisdom that you bring for the insight that you deliver, for the discernment that you give, and for the passion in our hearts to have more understanding of what you want to do in our lives and around our lives. And I pray that tonight we would simply have a life-altering shakeup in our brains and in our, in our thinking and in our hearts tonight, God, that tonight, Lord, you would begin something for this whole weekend that we would be shifted into greater capacity in our wisdom and understanding, that you would help us to release what you've already given inside of us to a different level. I thank you, Father, for the strength and the wisdom that is in every person that's watching or that's here, and I pray that for greater capacity is what we would reach after tonight in the hidden treasures that our good friend Ryan is going to bring, and I pray for him, Lord, that you would just drop uh, just uh, even some stuff that would scare him, right? Bring some crazy new stuff tonight. <laughs> Uh, and let us all just embrace in what you want to do in this weekend. And we thank you so much in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can you, are you agreeing with all that tonight? Yes? Amen? Sweet. It's good to be in his house. Amen? So tonight, um, we're going to definitely jump in here in a second. Uh, if you're visiting with us, uh, welcome. And uh, we're so glad you could join us. Um, we, uh, we do start in the morning at 10.30 uh, tomorrow morning. We'll have worship and, and then jump on in. But, man, Ryan, my friend, come on up here, brother. Um, I don't know if you need anything else uh, from me. All right. We've got a, you, can, you can run around just a little few steps over to the side because that way the cameras can get you, man. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Awesome, awesome. I love the uh, branding here. Very cool, very cool. Amen. So good to be with y'all again. It's been a while. I don't know how, when's the last. I think I, last time I was here, I was with Dub, and uh, had a wonderful time. And I'm I'm excited about what the Lord is up to. And I thought, Chris, I thought you were going to start to preach on my uh, my notes here. Uh, because I, I've just been, I've been asking the Lord what, what I need to share, what, what's going on in this house. Uh, you know, here's my thing. I, like, 
I have a lot of different things that I can share, right? Uh, messages and things that the Lord has revealed, and I, and I love all those downloads and all those uh, revelations, so to speak. Uh, but but my, my heart is really like, okay, Lord, but what are, what are you doing specifically in this house? And where are you taking this house? And what's, what's about to take place? Like what's been happening here in, in the spirit? What's been taking place uh, in, in the journey of this house? Amen. And so that's really my heart. I really wanted to say, Lord, what, what's been going on here and what are you doing? Uh, and so I've been asking him about that. And, and so one of the things we are going to talk about is discernment and understanding. <laughs> so it's actually in my notes right here from this afternoon. <laughs> and uh, because how many of you know that we are shifting into, maybe you've been sensing like a new time, a new era, like there's something that's been, been shifting in the body of Christ, amen? And, and it's not just a season. It's not just, a, and, and you know, I've, I've been in prophetic circles for about 25 years, um, since around 90, well, mid-90s, and, and I've heard the word season a lot. We've been in a season of this. God's bringing us into a season of that. And there are times and seasons, you know, that, that totally, totally valid. But what the Lord started talking to me about was not simply a season, but like a whole new era, a whole new time period. And he said to me, he said, because a season is about a, a, a period of time that is preparing you for something, right. right? So like you've been in a season where Holy Spirit's been highlighting certain things, and, and, and that's important. But then he started saying, he says, but an but a era is something different. Because when it comes to a whole new era, he says, basically, what's happening here is, is it's, um, it's the next phase of the purposes of God being released in the earth. There's a whole new phase of kingdom purpose. Amen? There's a whole new dimension. And it's not that God's been holding anything back. How many of you know God, everything is available? Right? Everything is available. So God's not holding anything back. This is not a journey of trying to get something from God. This is actually a journey of discovering what's already been made available in God. That's why 1 Corinthians 2 verse 12 says that the Holy Spirit reveals to us the things that have already been freely given by God. So this is a journey of discovery, right? And so there's things that to me it's like, oh man, this is brand new. This is, this is a new Whatever, you know, we used to use the language, a new anointing, right? That's a new anointing. And, and really, it, it, it was new to me. <laughs> but it was there the whole time. I just finally, like my, my eyes were finally open to it. Like, oh my gosh, this has been here the whole time. And so there's things that are being, so this is where, for me, uh, the word that I've been having for, for quite a while is the word Awakening. It's, in fact, the Lord said to me some time back, uh, he says that he was shifting us from Revelation 4.1 to Zechariah 4.1. And Revelation 4.1 talks about come up here and I'll show you the things that are to come. Uh, but Zechariah 4.1 says that this angel awakens Zechariah. He, and, and he says, and my eyes were awakened. He says, and I was awakened as a man is awakened from sleep. 
And there's something happening right now where it's not just come up higher, but it's also an awakening that's taking place in the body of Christ. Amen? How many believe that's happening? We're being awakened to the fullness of God. We're being awakened to the kingdom of God. We're being awakened to the identity. Uh, you know, for, for a long time, it's kind of been like, all right, God, we need you to come down and do something. A lot of our intercession, a lot of our prayer is what? Lord, please come down and touch our city. Oh, God, please come and change this in our nation. Oh, God, please come and do this. But how many of you know that that prayer is actually, uh, hear what I'm about to say, that prayer is not really legal. <laughs> because, because the truth is, is that uh, we think, well, man, God is, you know, Jesus is the only hope for our city. Jesus is the only hope for our nation. Well, that's half true. Because it's Christ in you that is the hope of glory. It's Christ in you that is the hope for education. It's Christ in you that is the hope for government. That is the hope for Conroe, the hope for the United States. It's Christ in you. And so we've had this gospel message of, or, or this prayer language of, oh God, come and do this. And, and heaven's language is, hey, you down there, go and do that. <laughs> right? Does that make sense? Because, because heaven has actually equipped you to manifest the fullness of what's in heaven here on the earth. You are the doorway, the gateway for all that exists in the unseen to manifest in the seen. See, you know, remember Jesus gave this parable in John 15. He says that, um, that he is the vine and you are the what? The branches, right? He says you are the branches, and, and so the fruit that shows up on the branches is actually visible manifestation of what's hidden in the vine. Right? So, so let's just use grapes. Those grapes on the branches, did the branches produce them? Not really. The only thing the branches did was manifest what's hidden in the vine. What is hidden in Christ? Well, that's what you and I are giving evidence to. We are the ones that produce the fruit, the visible evidence of what's hidden in Christ through our lives. And through what? Through abidance. The fact that we're just joined with Him, the fact that we're connected with Him, all of a sudden everything in Him begins to manifest through us. And so something is shifting in the body of Christ where we have been waiting for God to rescue us. And what's happening is the, the language of the kingdom, the understanding of the kingdom and of identity is coming into the church to recognize, wait a minute, we are not here to try to get to heaven. See, religion, religion will get you to focus on heaven. The kingdom will get you to focus on on what Jesus actually says, bring heaven to earth. <laughs> right? So religion will preoccupy you until you discover the kingdom. We've been preoccupied with religion, right? We've been, you say, what do you mean religion, Ryan? What do you mean by that? Well, there's a couple of things I mean. Number one is, is a, a self-effort gospel of try to, be, try to produce on your own. Try to make yourself presentable to God. Try, try hard. Try hard to be better. How many of you know religion will always try to get your sweat involved in what Jesus already accomplished? 
<laughs> See, Jesus, Jesus says it's finished. Right? But see, I, I always thought, well, man, I still got to try to become this. I got to try to become that. I've got to try and make myself more holy. I got to make myself more righteous. Even if I could produce greater holiness, greater righteousness, in the end, who would get the credit for it? I would, because I produced it. See, I'm not producing anything. I'm simply manifesting. I'm simply just giving evidence of what's already available in Christ. So he gives me his righteousness. He gives me his legal state before the Father. He gives me his inheritance. You ever read there in Romans where you're a joint heir? Joint heir, not like, all right, he's primary and then you're secondary. It's joint, it's co, it's equal. Whatever he has received by his efforts, he has given to you by inheritance. So what did Jesus accomplish? Everything, the victory that he accomplished, you're the beneficiary. He overcame the enemy. He overcame lies. He overcame temptation. He overcame death. Everything Jesus has conquered in his efforts, he has given to you by inheritance. So now his righteousness has become mine by inheritance. His identity has become mine by inheritance. And so what has to happen is i got to start becoming convinced of what Jesus has accomplished. Amen? He did not say it is started. <clears throat> now go try and defeat the devil. Right? It's finished. So I'm not trying to defeat the enemy. I'm actually enforcing the victory of Jesus on a defeated foe. Right? So, this, so the kingdom will change our language of spiritual warfare. <laughs> well, I don't know if we'll have time to get into that. But, <laughs> but here's the thing. In this, in this era that we are, we are, we've shifted into, there is definitely an awakening taking place to what Jesus has accomplished. And it's, and it's causing us to finally begin to realize it really is finished. Like heaven actually believes Jesus accomplished something. And we're catching up to that. Amen? We're catching up to that reality. And so when the Lord started talking to me about this, this next era, uh, He said it was like when Israel crossed the Jordan. And, uh, and he said to me, this was, this was pretty crazy, uh, I was asking him for a word uh, during the, it was during 2020, it was in 2020, I was like, Lord, what are you saying for the next year? And he said to me, uh, if you want to know what I'm saying for right now, go back to what I said to you in 2007. And I was like, man, Lord, I don't even know where, the reason I carry a bag is because I always have all my, my notebooks, right? Everything the Lord starts to speak to me, I jot it down, and, and I'm, I'm trying to get it in here because this is so much lighter. <laughs> but I'm still used to writing on paper. I don't know what it is. I'm just used to paper and pen. And, and so he said, go back to what I showed you in 2007. I was like, man, Lord, and we were moving. Everything was a mess. And so as we're moving, I find um, a little Ziploc bag that has uh, SD cards. You know those SD cards you put into cameras? A little memory card. 
And so I said, oh, man, I've got these are some memory cards. I bet you I've got really cool, you know, pictures of the family and whatever, kiddos and all that. So I said, let me see what's in here. So I put it in my laptop, and there's only one thing that's in this SD card. And it's a Word document, right, a Word document that's entitled 2007 Revelation. And I was like, you got to be kidding me, Lord. <laughs> I was like, oh, my goodness, what is this? This is crazy. And as I started to look at it, I was like, oh, man, I remember this. this. I remember this so clear. He says, if you want to know what I'm saying right now, go back to what I said to you back then. And what he started talking to me about back then was how we were shifting from a church age mentality into a kingdom age mentality. All right? A church age mentality to a kingdom age mentality. And he started talking to me about how, now, here's what happened. I had this encounter. In the encounter... I'm hearing the Lord's voice in my left ear. At the same time, I'm hearing a conversation between my spirit and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is interpreting to me what the Lord is saying into my left ear. And it wasn't anything like, like crazy or, or long. It was super short, super simple. Here's what I heard in my left ear. Good morning, Ryan. And the Holy Spirit says, what he's telling you is it's a new day. He said, what he's telling you is it's a new day. And it's like when the children of Israel crossed the Jordan and everything changed. This is what he starts talking to me. All, he starts giving me this whole download from one phrase, good morning, Ryan. And all of a sudden, this whole thing just starts downloading. And he starts talking to me about how, how when they entered into the promised land, how they entered into that land of inheritance. Think about this for a second. For 40 years, what did they eat? Manna. For 40 years, manna fell from the sky, right? How many of you remember that when they crossed the Jordan, the manna stopped? The manna ceases, and what are they supposed to do? They're supposed to live from what's in the land, from the inheritance now. See, I think man, we've had a manna language. Oh, God, provide. Oh, God, do this. Oh, God, do that. And he says, no, no, you need to understand, there was a time where I allowed that because you hadn't awakened yet. There was still an immaturity, and the Father was providing and doing and doing. And, and then he says, now I'm bringing you into a place of maturity. It's called inheritance. And you're still waiting for me to pour something down from the sky when I've given you everything in this land as an inheritance for you to feed from. And I've given you this land. This is all your territory, right? And so everything in the kingdom is your territory. Everything in the kingdom is your land. It is your inheritance, and there's something that's shifting from a language of promise to a language of inheritance. I believe in the promises of God. But the, the thing is this, is that we use that language of someday. Somewhere down the road. And we've got these prophetic promises of one day there's going to be this outpouring. One day God's going to do this. Rather than saying, you know what, it's available right now. Inheritance is available right now. And so in this, in this shifting that took place, um, do you remember the two times Israel crossed a body of water? The first is when they came out of Egypt, 
and it was the Red Sea, right? How did they cross the Red Sea? Moses, the man of God, has a staff. Now, it's really interesting when you, when you read that. I want to say it's Exodus um, 14, maybe. Here's, check this out. Get a chance, when you get a chance, read it because it's, really, it's actually kind of funny because he's, he's standing here. The Red Sea is there in front of them. Pharaoh is behind them, and Moses says this. He says, hey, everyone. He says, this army, because they all want to kill Moses, right? They want to kill him because, look, we're about to die. And Moses says, stand still and behold the salvation of God, for you will never see this enemy again. And it's like, man, that's powerful, right? And then Moses turns around and he says, Lord, they're going to kill me. What do I do? <laughs> and so I'm reading this. I'm like, wow, wow, this is pretty crazy. I mean, he just gave this bold declaration. You know, the man of God has stood up and proclaimed the word of the Lord. And then he's like, God, they're going to kill me. What do I do? Lord, you need to do something. And you know what the Lord says to Moses? Why are you crying out to me? What? Why are you crying out to me? Well, I thought that was intercession. I thought that's what prayer was. God, please do something. We're going to die. Do something. And the Lord says, what's in your hand? What have I given to you? The staff. All right. You put the staff over the water and you part the water. Say what? So he says, all right, puts the staff over the water, and what happens? What God had given to him opened the water. And the word that he said, you'll never see this army again, it came true. But it wasn't because God came down to rescue them. It's because they had to awaken to what God had already put in their hands. That makes sense? Fast forward 40 years later. And now they're standing in front of the Jordan, and the Jordan is overflowing its banks. I mean, it's a raging river. And, and the word is this, all right? So you've got these priests who are carrying the ark, and the word is, start walking. Well, wait a minute. There's no staff. There's no, where's Moses? Well, he's dead. Okay, well, where's Joshua? Well, he's got a sword, not a staff. Well, what do we do? Start walking. But it's a raging river. Yeah, I know. Start walking. So they start walking, and guess what happens? It says that when their feet touch the edge of the water, the river opens up and parts. The water was responding not to something in their hand now, but to who they were in their identity. That when their identity touched the water, the water parted because the earth recognized the identity of what they carried, of who they are. And the waters had to part because of the word of the Lord to go through and possess. And there's things like that right now where it seems like a raging river in society, in the earth, in politics, in cities, in nations. And all that has to happen, we've been waiting for the man of God to show up with, this, with, with his gifting. But I'm telling you what it is, it's the people of God showing up in identity. It's not the man of God anymore. It's the people of God who carry identity, who know who they are in the kingdom, who know who they are in Christ and who Christ is in them. And when they step foot onto what's chaotic, all of a sudden it begins to part. That's who you are. It's your identity. Amen? Does that make sense? 
And so he started talking to me about all these things and, and, and the shifting that's taking place in this whole new era. And, and one of the things that he said to me about this new era, this new time that we have entered into, he said that this next era will be defined by the spirit of understanding. The spirit of understanding. Now, here's what understanding means, if you want to jot this down. Three different meanings to it. One is to be fixed and established. The spirit of understanding, it's one thing, I have revelation, I might even have wisdom on something, but understanding begins to bring all that together and establishes something. I'm not just walking with a revelation. Understanding allows me to know how to apply that revelation. Does that make sense? Like, I mean, I don't know about you. There's a lot of stuff that I get by revelation. I'm like, okay, now what do I do with it? How, how's this going to work? What's, what, what do I do now? And then, you know, and I might even have some wisdom, but the understanding is what comes in and begins to establish, begins to build. So we started talking about that part. That's one piece of understanding. The next thing about understanding is it means insight, to have insight into something. And the third meaning of understanding is discernment. Discernment. And, and this is when I was asking the Lord, Lord, what do, I, uh, what do you want me to share tonight? What are you doing in this house? Um, there, is, there is something that is being upgraded in this house in the area of discernment in the area of recognition into the unseen, but also in the area of, of dunamis, of miracles, of, of a, there's, there's a threefold, the Lord started talking to me about a threefold cord that was being released into this, into this era. He said, we have had the words of knowledge, we've had prophetic, like prophecy, we've had words of wisdom, like that's been restored that's being restored to the body since the 80s, really. He said, but the next threefold cord that is going to be restored in the body of Christ is discernment, faith, and miracles. Discernment, faith, and miracles. And it's not even what we think. When we think faith and miracles, we have a certain, as soon as I say those words, there's a certain like, mindset that comes to what that means. Like faith, okay, all right, that just means i got to believe, right? No, faith is something different than just believing. Miracles are something different than just what we've normally thought about, like somebody's going to get healed, and that's all good, and we, we definitely are going to see that. But there's something else with this. Is that all right? Can we break this down a little bit? <clears throat> so, so this whole thing of, of understanding uh, and here's, so let me, let me just backtrack for a second here. The spirit of understanding will define this next era. And he said, and the symbol for this next era is not the sword, it's the axe. Because it's going, because with, with discernment and with insight and with miracle working power, they were going to get to the root issues, to the, to the root mindsets. Does that make sense? The axe is getting to those root systems of belief systems. 
It's belief systems that we've had, mindsets that we've had. And all of a sudden, something, the acts of the Lord. Remember John the Baptist talked about that? He says, when the Messiah comes, he's coming in like an axe. He's gonna, it's going to be laid to the root. And this is, so there have been things in the body of Christ that we have seen negative cycles, negative patterns, that the axe comes in and puts an end to that pattern, and you begin to see now the cycles of the kingdom or the patterns of the kingdom manifest where it was negative in the past. That the acts of the Lord is coming in to, to break down mindsets that have been contrary to the knowledge of God. How many of you know that's what a stronghold is? If, you know, when I used to teach on spiritual warfare, and, I used to, and if people would have asked me what's a stronghold, I'd go into this whole like demonic over a city, right? It's a principality, it's a power, it's something over a city and, 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 it, and all these different things. And, and, you know, it was kind of like, man, it was still a big devil, little God perspective, wasn't it? But when, I would, but when you read 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5, and it mentions their strongholds, for the pulling down of strongholds, do you realize there's nothing in the entire chapter about the devil? Nothing in there about demons? It actually defines strongholds in the very next verse. He says, mindsets that are raised up against the knowledge of God. A stronghold is actually a mindset that I have that is contrary to the way God thinks. That's a stronghold. It means a fortified, defended region. Right? And so what I began to realize is, man, wait a minute, a stronghold is, can there be, can there be you know, demonic lies attached? Yeah, there, there can be that. But here's the thing that I've come to learn. The demonic is not powerful. People are powerful. Why? Because people's agreement gives authority to an enemy who's been stripped of authority. Does that make sense? The, you know, is not Scripture clear that Jesus has stripped the enemy of authority? Even Jesus says, now, after the cross, I have all authority where? Heaven and earth. So where does Jesus have all authority? Heaven and earth. If Jesus has all authority in the earth, what does that mean about the enemy? Doesn't have authority anymore. Does he have some power? Yeah, you could say that. But you have power and authority. <laughs> you, you get... Power versus power and authority, it's not even a contest. So what has to happen is there has to be a shift in our thinking. And, and what the Lord is doing is He's bringing us to His understanding, to His way of thinking. He is breaking apart the lies that we have, we have believed. I want you to, to catch this. A lie that goes unchecked in one generation will become the truth of the next generation. So there are some things that, some lies we inherited that we just assumed that's true. But the kingdom of God is, is bringing in understanding, revelation, discernment, clarity. And we're beginning to think, wait a minute, how is that true if Jesus did this? How does that work if Jesus accomplished this? How is it that the devil wins over here in the earth and Jesus has to bail us out if the kingdom of God is supposed to be expanding in the nations? Yeah. 
Sorry, I didn't mean to. <laughs> so we, you know, we'll say like wars and rumors of wars. Well, brother, that's just the sign of the times. Actually, it's not. The sign of the times is that of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. That's the sign of the times. Everything else is a lie. Everything else is contrary to the true sign of the times, which is the kingdom of God is expanding in the earth. And you're the, you're the, you're the ones that are supposed to be making the expansion happen, right? It's through us that the expansion of God is taking place in the earth. So, so when we start to realize this in this next era, it's the spirit of understanding, the acts of the Lord coming in to the belief systems uprooting belief systems that we've had so that we begin to think like God. A stronghold is not necessarily bad. You and I are supposed to have the stronghold of God, the mindset of God, the thinking of God. I mean, I don't know about you. I want to look at a city, and I want to have the mindset of God about that city. I want to look at a person, and I want to have the stronghold of God about that person. I want to look at the future, and I want to see it from the mindset of the Father. That is the stronghold of God. It is what He is fully convinced of. And you have access to the way He thinks. Amen? Does that make sense? So, so He started talking to me about, about all these things and, and about this next threefold cord. And, and I definitely want to speak into this thing of discernment. Because I really believe that discernment is uh, so critical right now in the body of Christ. I think it's one of the most misunderstood attributes of the Holy Spirit. Growing up, uh, discernment just meant you recognize demons. And only people who had deliverance ministries had discernment. Okay? Some of you can relate to what I'm talking about. And, and that was all we knew. I mean, like, man, well, discernment of spirits, we just interpreted that in 1 Corinthians 12 as discernment of demons. But I mean, no, that's just one small part. That's one small part. And it was my thing. Like, that was, that was my deal when I was growing up in the prophetic. Like, I, I walked into church looking for where is the enemy? <laughs> I was looking for every demon, every witch, every warlock, every... Every Satan worshiper, right? Every, every spirit, we need, to, we need to figure it out because, man, God can't show up until we get rid of these demons, right? <clears throat> and, and, and in my mind, it was like God, was, God and the angels were looking through the windows saying, man, if you could just get rid of that spirit, we could show up, you know? Just get rid of that thing. And, and we, had this, we had this mentality of like, you know, scatter the enemy so God could arise, but the psalmist says, let God arise and his enemies scatter. I was like, well, that sounds way easier. <laughs> it's a little too easy. Just let God arise. Yeah, just let God arise. Demons won't stop God from arising. Not at all. Not at all. And you just let the Holy Spirit manifest. And anything that doesn't come from him is going to get very uncomfortable. <laughs> and it's either going to leave or transform. Right? <laughs> and, and so... So it, it was a shift in my thinking to, to think about, like, discernment is not just limited to the darkness. In fact, the Lord said to me one time, he says, Ryan, you can, you can fight darkness all day or you can just turn the light on. Amen. I was like, whoa, <laughs> there's a concept right there. 
It's like, I've been doing this the hard way for a long time. <laughs> but this is, this is all part of crossing the Jordan. This is all part of entering into a new time, into a new, a new territory. Does that make sense? Like the way we used to do things, it's like there was grace. There was some grace, because, but that was never the inheritance. That was just a season. That was just a, and it was because of our ignorance. We just didn't know any better. You know, I didn't know any better. I just, I just grew up thinking whatever I was taught. And, and, then, and then all of a sudden, the Lord brings us into a new place, into a new time. And understanding starts coming in. And it's like the light is turning on. Something is shifting. The mindset in the body of Christ. How many of you know, I mean, think about this. Just from, let's say, the 80s. Well, let's say the 90s. Man, maybe even just 2000s. <laughs> How much, how much of the mindset has shifted just in the last couple of years compared to what it was 10 years ago, right? I mean, back in the day, it was like, oh my goodness, we need to come together on Sundays to get strengthened for all the darkness we're going to face Monday through Saturday. You need to get, you better not miss church because you're not going to have enough strength to last for the week. And you better get here Wednesday night because pretty sure by Tuesday you're already drained and you got to get a fix on Wednesday because you're leaking everywhere. <laughs> right? And that was our mindset, man. You need to get into church because you, you got to get strong because it's so dark out there. And in my workplace, they listen to worldly music. And it just, oh, I hear all that worldly music and it just kills me. And I know, I know it's draining the life out of me. And then they tell like bad jokes and they say bad words and they, and they talk about what they did over the weekend. And, and I feel like I'm just surrounded by unrighteousness. <laughs> and I'm like, God, please just fire those people and, and hire some Christians and, and that they'll change it to, to Christian radio over the intercom system so that we can be stronger, Right. Because we were in this mindset that everything is so powerful and I'm so weak. The darkness out, the darkness is so powerful and we're just, we just need to try to survive until Jesus returns. Now some of us as we're listening to this, we're like, oh my God, that's just like horrible theology and that's just the most ridiculous thing. But it's where we were. It's where we were. But then to realize that, wait a minute. I don't have to fear being contaminated. I don't have to fear darkness overtaking me. I don't have, even have to fear that I'm somehow losing the oil of the Holy Spirit because I'm actually connected to the vine. I'm in abidance. I'm not a sponge. You know, it's just, you, you get soaked, and then all of a sudden it just begins to just drain, and, and it dries up eventually, and you better get back in church. Now, I'm not, now is, is coming together important? 100%. But it's not so that you can so that you don't die out there spiritually. There, there's way more to it than that, right? But we've thought of ourselves like a sponge, and we gotta just try to try to keep getting soaked in the glory, or we're gonna lose it. But man, I want to tell you, you are abiding in the vine that has an everlasting flow, a ceaseless flow. And it's not something I'm trying to, to i got to try to make it happen. I'm just connected by what Jesus has done. And then what happens? All of a sudden, you become a light everywhere you go. 
You become the influence everywhere you go. You actually become the one that is defining the culture, that is defining the, the environment, that when you walk in, this atmosphere now is under my control by the kingdom of God, right? And everything shifts when you walk in. Everything changes when you walk in because you understand the authority of your identity that even a raging river will part because of who you are. When you walk into the room, it doesn't matter what's happened or what's going, going on in people's lives, everything begins to shift and you become the solution for the crisis. So this whole thing of discernment, um, <clears throat> this has been a big deal for me. I, I really sense, you know, this thing about discernment is we're about to really begin to operate or begin to understand what discernment is all about. How many know that you don't just discern demons? I, that was my whole thing. But you can discern the angelic. I'm like, man, you know what, Lord? And back in the day, if somebody discerned a demon and somebody over here discerned like 20 angels in the corner, we want to talk to the person who discerned the demon. What did it look like? What was it here for? Did it come in with that person? Because I felt something really weird on that person. <laughs> man, we, oh, you should have seen us doing deliverance ministry stuff. I mean, we, we did a whole... HR interview with demonic stuff. Like, what's your name? How long have you been in there? Who else is in there with you? Where did you come from? <laughs> is my uncle down there? So, so. <laughs> we were never sure about that guy. <laughs> and it's as if you think, you really think that these, these <laughs> I mean, how many know that the enemy is the Prince of liars. I mean, he is, the, he is the source of lies. Why do you expect to get truth out of something that's nature is lying? But we had all these weird ideas, and because we were so like, we were so intrigued with that stuff. But man, what would happen if I became intrigued with the angelic, intrigued with heaven? Say, man, Lord, I, I want to see what you're doing. See, through discernment, you can recognize what atmosphere is present. Like, there's times that you'll recognize, you know what, there's an atmosphere here right now for healing. There's an atmosphere right now for revelation. And you begin to recognize, you begin to discern what is present in the unseen. Because the point of discernment is that you begin to govern the scene from the unseen. You govern the, the physical from what you're discerning in the spiritual. You, are the, you, you have been created. How many of you know you don't, you're not just created with a physical body, but there is a spiritual body as well inside? This physical body allows me to navigate whatever's around me. Right? So I, can, I know where I can put things. I know where I need to step around something. I know to be careful when I'm walking down here because, I can, because my physical body allows me to navigate my natural surroundings. Your spiritual body allows you to navigate the spiritual surroundings. That you can discern. Discernment is not just a gift, it's a birthright. Man, I don't know if I have that gift in 1 Corinthians 12, the gift of discernment. Listen, here's what I've come to conclude about all those gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. Number one, there is not an exclusive party. There's not an exclusivity in God to where... You get this one, you don't. 
what I see in the gifts of the Spirit there, what we call the gifts of the Spirit, is that there are some who just have a natural propensity towards something in that list. Prophecy, word of knowledge, word of wisdom. But here's what it's for. It's to demonstrate what is possible for everyone to walk in. Does that make sense? It's like, oh, well, this person needs healing. We'll call that guy because he's got a gift of healing. Okay? No, wait a second. The person with the gift of healing is actually manifesting something that every single one of you have a, a right to in the kingdom. They're simply putting on display what is possible for the whole body to operate in. So one of my heroes of faith, one of my heroes in the faith is William Branham. And William Branham was a man that lived in the 40s. Uh, well, he operated in, in uh, what I should call, I think it was called the uh, latter rain outpouring, latter rain revival in the 40s and 50s. Uh, William Branham was an incredible um, prophet, really, and, and had such an incredible relationship with the Lord. Uh, he, would, he would actually, even the most, uh, like the greatest critics against William Branham said that they could not find one prophetic word that he was off in any details. He was the type of guy that would say, here's your name, here's where you came from, here's what you have, here's how long you've had it, and you're healed, just thank the Lord, just go on your way and thank the Lord. And he wouldn't even pray for him. Why? Because the revelation was so specific that all of a sudden faith activated and they received their healing from the Lord. I had a, a, one of my Bible college professors was a, a little boy in one of William Branham's meetings. And, uh, and what was crazy, he said that he saw a whole row of wheelchairs. And William Branham went up to every single one of them, one by one, said their name, what they, where they were from, specific details, you know, specific details. And one by one, they all got up out of the wheelchair, except for one. He went up to that person and he says, the Lord could raise you up out of that chair, but you like it there. And then he went on. He said, you like it there. Like the attention, I guess. I don't know. Like the self-pity. I don't know. But he said all of them got up except for that one. Now, you, you've probably heard of people, maybe some of these heroes of faith, like Oral Roberts. Um, uh, oh, my goodness. I just went blank on uh, the guy that was out in, in India. What was that? Was there another one? Yeah, T.L. Osborne, that's the one I was thinking about. T.L. Osborne, like people who, who had miracle ministries that were launched from William Branham meetings. Many of the uh, revivalists in the 40s and 50s went to one of his meetings, saw what was happening, got awakened, and then went out and did the stuff. T.L. Osborne, I wanna, I'll just give you a short testimony on this. T.L. Osborne... <clears throat> He and his wife, Daisy, went to uh, India fresh out of Bible college. And he's, here's what he said. He said, we went to India with good theology. How many know you better have more than good theology? You're going to go to India and do missionary work, right? He says, we went out there, and I think they were out there for a year or two. Zero fruit. No converts. No healings. No miracles. Nothing come back to the States, totally discouraged. They were just coming back for, uh, for relaxation, a little furlough. And, and so they come back to the States, and Daisy, his wife, says there's a, uh, a William Branham meeting 
that's taking place not far from here, we should go. And T.L. Osborne says, no, we're not going to go because our denomination doesn't support him. He's not part of our denomination, right? He wanted to play it real safe, okay? And, uh, and what was crazy, he, they had been on a fast because they were like, man, Lord, what's going on? What's happening? We need some answers here. So they had been fasting, and one night, T.L. Osborne wakes up, and he sees Jesus standing at the foot of his bed, like physically. And, and he's impacted, of course, obviously impacted very strongly by this. And, uh, and Daisy's kind of like, well, man, Lord, I was fasting too. What's, you know, <laughs> I, I didn't see anything. And so, so she says, she says I, I need to find somebody to go with me to this William Branham meeting. So she's asking everybody in the church, and they're like, oh, no, no, we, are, we don't support him. And she finally comes up to this elderly lady, and the elderly lady says, I'll go with you. She says, I'm too old to care what anybody thinks. <laughs> so, so she goes with Daisy, and Daisy says, you know, it's kind of like he's preaching, and it's, it's very basic. Then he starts talking, because he was a game warden also, starts talking about eagles and deer and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, he would say, the Lord is here. And she said it was as if the atmosphere became electric, saturated, and he just began to call out specific things about people's lives. And, and there's actually a photo. There's a photo that has been tested by the U.S. government to see if it's been forged. And it's a photo from the side profile of William Branham, and it looks like there's a halo over his head. And it was studied to see, was this an anomaly? Was it, and they said, this is real. It was authenticated by the United States government. They said, this is real. But it wasn't a halo. He was in a meeting in Chicago where everybody saw this. It was the pillar of fire that stood next to him. The angel of the Lord would show up as a pillar of fire and stand next to him. And as he'd start to minister to people, the pillar of fire would go to whoever he was ministering to and rest on them and do the miracle that God was saying over them. And, and so they asked William Brandon one time, what's your greatest gift? Is it discernment? Is it faith? He says, oh, he says, my greatest gift is the ability to get out of the way when he shows up. <laughs> Let him flow. And so, so they go to this meeting, and, and it, it wrecks Daisy. She is totally wrecked. She goes back to T.L. Osborne. She says, tomorrow night, you're going to that meeting whether you want to or not. You got to go. So he decides to go, and he says, I'm sitting there, and, and the message was kind of boring. He says, <laughs> he says it was like he, he talked a little bit about some scriptures, whatever, and then got into whatever, you know, uh, game warden stuff. And William Brennan says, I know, I know, y'all are all waiting for something to happen. He says, I'm just, I'm just waiting for him to show up. T.L. Osborne says this. He says, for the second time in my life, I saw the Lord Jesus with my physical eyes. He says, and he was standing behind William Branham. He says, I saw him appear behind William Branham. He says, and he looked at T.L. Osborne, and then he stepped into William Branham. And, and T.L. Osborne says, I heard like thousands upon thousands of voices all saying this, you can do that too. He says, and I began to see where he would prophesy and the pillar of fire began to move and go over people. He says, there was one person to, to T.L. Osborne's right side that William Branham was ministering to, and he saw the pillar of fire go over them. He says, then William Branham starts prophesying to a couple over here who had been barren. And, and then he says, T.L. Osborne says that the pillar of fire went right over his head. He says, and every hair on my, on my head just stood up like an electricity and just began to go to the other side. 
He said, ever since then, everything changed. They went back to India. And, and on a daily basis in their meetings, they had, to, they had to get dump trucks to haul off the crutches, wheelchairs, and braces on a regular basis. They had to hire dump trucks to come and haul it all off because people were just having explosive miracles happening in their bodies. I had zero intention of sharing any of this tonight. <laughs> but there must be a reason. There must be a reason. And, and here's what William Branham, towards the end of his life, it's crazy enough, is that he, um, he died in a uh, head-on collision with a uh, drunk driver near Amarillo, Texas. And uh, his son was following him. And, uh, and his wife, as well, was in the vehicle. When they, when they had the accident, um, William Branham and his wife were both ejected from the vehicle. And, and his son runs up uh, and, and goes to, to William Branham and to check on him. And, and William Branham says, uh, he says, how's mama? You know, how's his wife? And, and the son says, she's gone, dad. And he says, drag me to her. So the son drags William Branham to, to his wife, and, and he puts his hand, William Branham puts his hand on his wife, and he says, Lord, help us in our hour of need. And he goes into a coma, and she comes back to life. Shortly before he passed, he, um, he had a, a uh, conversation with a young man at that time uh, who, who played the piano for Brother Branham. And... And this young man, he, he, uh, he says, man, I had helped some other ministries get on the radio and, and, you know, help their campaign or help their ministry, right? He said, I had all these ideas for Brother Branham. Man, we're going we're gonna to take his ministry to the next level. And so one day, Brother Branham comes up to him and says, uh, he said, would you like to have lunch? He says, man, I was so honored. I was like, yeah, of course I would. This would be fantastic. And so <clears throat> he, uh, he goes and, and they have lunch together. And he says, Brother Branham, I've got so many ideas to take your ministry to the next level. And he says, oh, no, you don't understand. He says, my time is done. He says, what are you talking about? You're in your prime. You're, you're right here. We're just going to take this to the next level. He says, no, no, no. He says, the Lord's already showed me that my time has come. And uh, he says, but, but I want to do all these things. He says, no. He says, listen. He says, what's coming next? Now, this is... This would have been early 60s, mid-60s. He says, what's coming next will be a powerful teaching anointing in the body of Christ. And it will begin to teach the body who they are in Christ and who Christ is in them. He says, and then what will happen is when the identity of the saints become, starts to happen like this, he says, then you will see true apostles and prophets that will arise with the mind of God. He says, and the, and the mind of God will come into their thoughts, and whatever they speak will happen because they have the mind of Christ. Whatever they speak is going to happen because they are not speaking from their own thoughts. They are speaking from the very thoughts of God. And he, said, he says, and what will begin to take place, the glory of God will manifest in the nations. The glory of God will manifest through the people of God because they have become convinced of who they are. 
you know, I was asking the Lord, Lord, what's, what is it that you're doing here? What is it that's taking place here? And what I began to see, uh, you know what a, the word membrane is, right? It's like a, a layer. It's, it's something that is holding things together, right? A membrane, a layer. And what I saw is that as a house, you have, you have busted through a membrane. There has been something that has been, you have broken through something. Sometime, whether it's a barrier, whether it, whatever you want to call it, you, you have broken through something. Wow, thank you, Lord, for that. And the Lord began to speak to me about this. He said that there will be a breaking out of miracles and the demonstration of power. In this house, you will become, there will be a reputation of this house of the presence and the manifest power of God. Of the demonstration of His power, the demonstration of His, you want to call it glory, whatever you want to call it. But the manifestation of what's been hidden, of what has not been seen, visibly manifesting in this house. Something has shifted, something has broken through. A breaking out of dunamis miracles. <clears throat> wow, thank you, Lord. And the thing, one of the things that I, that I was seeing here was the crowning of the Lord for royalty, authority. How many of you know that when a king speaks, it's done? That when a king speaks, it's not a suggestion. It's a decree. And, and that decree has to be fulfilled. And, and, oh, thank you, Lord. Man, thank you, Lord. I like that. Um, <laughs> So, sorry, I'm having a conversation here. <laughs> I am not crazy. I care. <laughs> so, I had, when, I, when, I, uh, when I applied for uh, San Antonio Police Department, one of the questions they ask is, do you hear voices other people don't hear? <laughs> do you see things other people don't see? I was like, no, because I know people who hear what I hear and see what I see, right? So, I was like, whoo, thank you, Lord, for the wisdom there. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> but here's what's taking place in this house. You can find it in Zechariah chapter 6. And it says, take the gold and the silver and make an elaborate crown and set it on the head of the high priest. Joshua was his name. Joshua in Zechariah 6. Not the same Joshua as in the book of Joshua. But the priest was Joshua and he says, make this crown and place it upon Joshua the priest, for he shall be a priest sitting on a throne. And this house has been functioning in a priestly anointing. Because the priestly anointing, it, the, the worship, the intercession, the prayers, the accessing of what is in the heavenly dimension, that's the priest. But the kingly dimension is that you enforce in the earth as a king what you've accessed in heaven as a priest. And so there is a crowning taking place here in this house of kingly authority, of the royalty. How many of you know we are a royal priesthood? And see, many of, much of the church has been interceding 
only from priestly, but not from kingly. When we intercede from just the priestly mindset, we feel like we're powerless. We have access, but then what? Oh, well, God, just come and do something, please. Lord, please touch our nation. Lord, please do this. Lord, please end that. Lord, please do this. And that's from the priestly. But you got to realize on this side of the cross, there is a kingly authority that Jesus has made available to you. That you access that in heaven, not to beg God to release it, but for you. To, you're the one on Jacob's ladder. <laughs> that you get to access what's in heaven, and then you come into the earth and you release. You say, how do I release it, Ryan? You begin to speak those things that are not as though they were. You begin to make a decree that shifts things in the land. In Romans 4, it says there that, that you call those things that are not as though they were. That word call means invite. You invite your city into what it hasn't been, but it's supposed to be. Because as a priest, I begin to see the dream of God for my city. As a king, I begin to make it manifest in the earth. And so I declare over this house that you are priests sitting on a throne. That there is a crowning of God. There is a crowning of authority where you're beginning to recognize even more so the authority, the declarations, the decrees. Not only do we access, but man, we enforce. You can shift everything in this region just from this house right here. <laughs> I mean, Matt, Jesus was like, hey, here's 12. That's enough. That's good. That'll work. And there has been that, that teaching anointing to tell us who we are in Christ and who Christ is in us, just like Brother Branham prophesied. But here's what's happening now. And I, and I, and I saw this on both of you, that, that apostolic and prophetic dimension. That apostolic and prophetic dimension. And, and, uh, and this is where this is going to be taken to a whole other dimension. I feel like you've been in, in a process of the training of how to walk in it, knowing it's present or knowing that it's there, but then like, okay, Lord, how do we manifest it? How do we walk in it now? How does it, how do, what does it look like now? But that apostolic and prophetic dimension is not just in a, a testing period or a, a, a working period right now. It's, it's in a manifestation period now. And so, um, wow, thank you, Lord, for that. So it's, it's strategies and discernment. It's architect and seer. And you build together. You see, and then you put the blueprint to it. You dream it, and then you begin, you begin to build it. And what's happening is as you, you, as you are pioneering this apostolic and prophetic dimension from a kingly perspective. All right, so I'm going to share something with you I don't share very often. I had um, in May... I had an encounter uh, with a cloud of witness that came to my house and began to tell me, teach me about the fivefold. And he began to talk to me about how the fivefold, that what we have understood as the fivefold, is actually hasn't been the true fivefold. He said, because you have, you have based the model of the fivefold on Jesus' earthly ministry. Now, I didn't, even catch, I didn't even realize this. He says, but that's not what Scripture says. Scripture says that when he ascended, he gave gifts unto men. 
Not when he was in the earth, in his earthly ministry. See, I look in the Gospels and I see Jesus the prophet and Jesus the apostle and all that. And there were measures of that, but the fivefold was not given in the Gospels. Was not given when he was walking the earth. The fivefold was given when he ascended on high. Read that in Ephesians chapter 4 when you get a chance. 11, 12, right around there. I, I didn't open the Bible tonight. <laughs> it's like, maybe I should read that to you. So, like, yeah, guy didn't even open the Bible. But I gave you a bunch of verses, all right? So, it's legal. It's legal. And, uh, but, but, he's, but I was shown how the fivefold, we have not even begun to see what the fivefold looks like. Because we have looked at the fivefold from the earthly ministry of Jesus, not from the ascended and seated ministry of Jesus. It's a whole other dimension. Does that make sense? So we're about to see what does a real apostle look like. We thought, well, it's, a, it's an older guy who's got a lot of churches under him. That's what we've thought, right? I mean... What's a prophet look like? Well, I mean, we've seen a lot of prophets. We've seen a lot of people that can prophesy, and a lot of people. But man, what would it look like, a prophet, not from just the earthly ministry of Jesus, but from the ascended ministry of Jesus? Maybe I'll talk about that tomorrow. I don't know. But, um, but I do know this. What the Holy Spirit said to me in this next era, he said that we are going to the, he says, he says we, are, we are going to step into the next dimension of what the fivefold and what those gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 look like. You remember it says in, in Matthew 13 that the kingdom, when it's producing, that it manifests 30, 60, and 100 fold. He said at the very best, what you've seen thus far is not even the 30 fold. The best of what you've seen, the best of what you've known, he says it has not even been in the 30 fold. Sorry. In other words, we've just barely scratched the surface, my friends. We've just barely begun to see what this looks like. We've barely begun to see what a true apostle is, what a true prophet is, what a true pastor, evangelist, teacher, what all of those dimensions, all of those things in 1 Corinthians 12, as well as Romans 12. I mean, you know, there's more gifts than just the nine mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12, right? I have, I've had people come up to me, I got all nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's like, Man, the Holy Spirit's limited to only nine? That's kind of that's lame. <laughs> you know what it actually says? Another thing in Romans 12, you know, one of the other supernatural manifestations of the Spirit, hospitality, leadership, giving. Those are supernatural dimensions of the Holy Spirit, not just prophecy and discernment. Isn't that crazy? And it's something that that there are some of you here who have such a gift of hospitality that, that you serving people in that hospitality breaks things off of their life. <clears throat> that there are people in that area of giving who actually carry a breaker anointing in wherever they give. I can actually show you that in, in Scripture, that, there, that there, was, there, there is such a thing, in, in, you don't catch it in the, in the English, but you see it in the Hebrew, there is such a thing as a uh, breaker in the area of finances or giving, that when they gave, it broke something open in the region. Matthew, uh, Micah 2 talks about the breaker. The breaker goes before them. If you look that up, there are other places where that word breaker is mentioned. 
One of them is 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1, where it says, remember this? It says that the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there was no widespread revelation. Remember that? Literally what it says is the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there was no breaker revelation. Do you realize there is an actually, there's actually a revelation that can break open your city? There's something God can reveal that when you speak, it breaks open an industry. It breaks open an economy. It breaks open a business. That there is a breaker revelation that you carry. That when you release it, everything breaks open. Whatever was limited is now unlimited. The same goes for giving. There's other passages that talk about when they gave and it, it, it spread out. It broke out. There is breaker giving. That when you sow into something, you actually sow into its breakthrough for it to manifest into the fullness of what it's supposed to be. And we just think, oh, the, the prophets are powerful. I'm going to tell you, you're powerful. Whether you call a prophet, apostle, it doesn't matter. You are powerful in what you carry. And it is your identity that will part the waters. Amen? This makes sense tonight? We okay? All right, I totally went off everything I wanted to share. But I'm okay with it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I feel like tonight there's something just shifting. Um, there, and I know the Lord is calling you into a whole other dimension. Again, I, I'm, I'm not coming here to just share a good, a good teaching or good message or whatever. I, I really want to I, I want to partner with what Holy Spirit's doing. And I want to hopefully give some language to it, give some understanding to it. But I want to tell you that you are, you are critical to what God is doing. You're, critical, you're a critical piece to what God is doing and to that kingly dimension manifesting. Wow, thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you, Father, for, for what you have um, broken open in this house, what you, what you are doing in this place, Lord. And I just declare that discernment is, is the norm, that discernment is natural here. It is not something that is hard it, to, to get. What, what does it mean? I just say that there is an, a, a release and an increase of discernment. The ability to recognize the unseen, the atmosphere, to recognize what people carry. Wow, thank you, Lord. To recognize what Holy Spirit is doing and saying. And so I just say to everyone in this house, and to everyone that might be watching now or later, uh, I just say that discernment is being taken to a whole other dimension. And that you're going to begin to recognize the unseen just as clear as you recognize the seen. Wow, thank you, Lord, for that. And I say to you that this is a house of miracles. There is a a rebranding that God is doing on this house as a house of miracles that you have stewarded relationships, stewarded family, stewarded connections, and the very and in the Greek it's the energy of dunamis. It is the working of power, the working of miracle. There is a an energy, a working of God that takes place whenever there is dunamis power released. And so I see that in this house. I see that shift that has been made. 
I'm not making the shift. I'm just telling you what's already happened. And so I just say to you that you have stewarded well what God has placed in your hands, and there is now a breaker anointing to send this out, not just in this house, but that it will flow out of this house like rivers of living water, and wherever the river goes, there is healing, there is life, there is refreshing because you carry that breaker dimension, you shall be priests sitting on a throne, having the heart of Jesus as the priest and the king, having the mind of Christ, the mind of God, that because you speak from His thoughts, what you say manifests. What you say begins to break things open and and release the very things of the kingdom of God. And so I just say that to you. I I release that breaker dimension over your bodies, over your finances, over your homes, over your schools, over your businesses. Man, even over your mind, your thoughts, your dreams, the creativity. I release that. There is an innovation and creativity anointing in this house that there are no limits. (laughs) No limits. That the thoughts of God come into you and it's like, let's do it. We don't have to try to, oh, let's just pray for a year or two and figure it out. It's like, man, here's what it is. Here's the strategy. Let's go for it. That breaker dimension that's in here. And so, Father, I thank you for that. Man, thank you, Jesus. Uh, Pastor Chris and Pastor Raquel, would you all just stand for a second? I call you all pastors just out of respect. Um, but I know that there, there's, there's more that God has, um, has placed upon you. And... and uh, and this whole dimension of that apostolic and prophetic um, mantles, assignments, grace. And, uh, and, if, and if y'all wouldn't mind, would y'all just stand with me? <clears throat> and um, let's do this. Let's do this. Um, if y'all wouldn't mind just standing right here, and if, and if you guys would just maybe gather around them. Extend your hands towards them, gather around them, you know, whatever you're comfortable with. Um, This for me. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Jesus, thank you. Lord, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your, for your heavenly activity in this room tonight. Wow, thank you, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that there is upgrade. There's upgrade in this house. There is upgrade um, in the leadership. There is upgrade in every person that's part of this family. Upgrade. <clears throat> thank you, Lord. And so, Father... Right now, in Jesus' name, we call forth the apostolic and prophetic dimensions that you have placed upon this couple. We put a demand upon them to step into what you have given to them. Ah, Lord, thank you. I thank you for every... Uh, for everything they have walked through. <clears throat> and, and something's going to happen where you're going you're gonna to realize it, it's going to start to make sense 
everything that has opposed, everything that has resisted, every, every part of your journey, you're going to be like, oh, wow, now that makes sense. Oh, wow, now I see why. Oh, my goodness, this makes perfect sense now. Like it's gonna, there's, a, there's a clarity of that understanding how all of this has been part of preparation. <laughs> Joseph doesn't stand before Pharaoh without some crisis. And every crisis that you have faced has actually been positioning you closer to the seat of authority that God has called you to sit upon. And so I just say to you that, you, oh, wow, thank you, Lord. Man, there is a name change like Abraham and Sarah experienced. Father, mother of regions, of regions. There is a name change that is taking place in, over your identity, over, you, over who you are as individuals and as a couple. Man, thank you, Lord, for that. <clears throat> yeah, a father of multitudes, a mother of multitudes, of regions, of industries, where, where they will seek the counsel of God before they even make a move where they will come to you, where officials will come to you, where people of influence will come to you, where people who have authority will come to you and say, what is it that you see in this? What is it that you, that, what is the counsel of God? And so, Lord, I thank you for the, for the builder anointing that is upon them and upon this house, Lord. The plumb line that is here to build according to the plans that are in heaven. And so I release that, that seer dimension. Raquel, I, I just see that seer dimension going to a whole other place. <clears throat> Dreams, visions. Ah, for you shall be like Daniel the prophet, who has understanding in dreams and visions. And you will see things that are not just on a personal level, but on national levels on regional levels, uh, international things, things that you're like, why am I even seeing this? Because you will shift things in the unseen for regions that you've not even stepped foot upon. Wow, man, I hear the Lord just saying that to you so clear. You will shift things in the Spirit because you will come into agreement with the purposes of God in that revelation. And you'll shift things that will manifest over territories, over 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 regions. And so, Lord, I just release that right now in the name of Jesus, that dimension of Daniel who had understanding in dreams and in visions. There is a seer in you that has yet to be unlocked. You've only, it's only, you've only seen the tip of the iceberg. There is a greater seer uh, to where you will have those angelic visitations, you will have those, those the cloud of witnesses that will be visiting, things that God will be releasing. Uh, there will be times you're not even sure, am I, am I awake or am I, what, what is happening here? I don't, I'm not even sure. I'm in the body, out of the body, I don't know. But that third heaven reality will be your home and you will operate from it. You will operate from that dimension. It might be scary to some people around you, but you'll know how to be able to, <clears throat> wow, you'll know how to be able to, to release the Father's heart with it because there will be a great authority with it. Yeah. And so, Lord, I thank you for, for the sensitivity that she'll have of, of what to give, when to give, and how to give. 
Wow. But the seer dimension. It's not just visions. It's not only just seeing in a vision. There's a seer realm which is encountering the unseen as though it's visible around you. And so I just release that to you in the name of Jesus. I just, in fact, I just awaken that in you. I awaken that in you. It's already in you. We call it to awaken and to manifest. <clears throat> wow, thank you, Lord. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, we're so grateful. Wow. <clears throat> and, and, uh, and, and Raquel, with that, you, you carry... Oh, Ah, thank you, Lord. I was going to say you carry a key, but the Lord said, no, she is a key. <clears throat> I was going to say you carry a key, and he said, no, she is a key, that you will unlock those dimensions in other people. You will unlock those, those, that seer, that prophetic, that, that spiritual dimension. You will unlock it in other people. Wow, thank you, Lord, for that. So you are a key. You are a key that wherever you, and, and, and it won't only be in this house. It will, yes, it will be in this house, but it won't only be in this house. And so I thank you, Father, for that. I thank you, Lord, for that. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> yeah. Man, thank you, Lord. Lord, I just thank you for Pastor Chris and for what you have, uh, for you, what you've been stirring in him already and what you've been awakening in him already. Um, I see uh, the word strategist, the strategist, the strategies. Um, wow, yes, Lord. Uh, because God has burned in you a blueprint. He has burned a blueprint from the pattern of heaven into your heart of what this is supposed to look like, of what that's supposed to look like. And, it, and, it, and it's a blueprint that, that consumes. It's a blueprint that, that you just can't escape. Ah, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. <clears throat> and I say to you that you will be like Nehemiah, that when he spoke, others said, let us arise and build. Because Nehemiah had a blueprint of what needed to be rebuilt in the city. He had a blueprint of what needed to be, he had a blueprint of how to rebuild the walls. The walls are the identity of a city. And you will have the dreams of God for a city. You will have what God originally dreamed for that region in your heart. And you'll begin to release, this is the identity of this territory. This is the identity of this state, of this nation, of this place. And you'll see the restoration of desolation, of desolate cities, cities that have been broken generations that have been broken, that God will release through you a word that will rebuild what has been destroyed. That you'll have the strategy and even the process of here's how you rebuild your city according to the dream of God. Here's how you rebuild your region according to the purposes of God. And so the apostolic anointing that's upon your life is being, it's being expanded to the place where you will see with the Lord what needs to be built and you will actually give the strategies and the steps of how to do it. <clears throat> the Lord said to me a while back that the, that the measure right now is not what we're seeing, but what are we building? And so you won't only see it, you'll know how to build it. Wow, thank you, Lord, for that. And so I just released that to you. Oh, I, I, just, I just love that part where there were people who were builders but didn't know they were builders until Nehemiah shows up. 
And when Nehemiah shows up and gives the blueprint, all of a sudden they say, let us arise and build. And they begin to go and do what needs to be done. And so you will dispatch and deploy. Dispatch and deploy. Wow. Wow, thank you, Lord, for that. And I say to you that even this house will be a training center, an equipping center, a kingdom training center where many will come who may not stay as as part of the family forever, but they will come and they will be trained, they will be equipped, they will be deployed, and they will be extensions of this house in other regions and in other places. For this will be a hub that begins to unlock other regions because of people that have been trained and equipped in this place to manifest the heart and purposes of God. And I say to you that this is just the beginning of what you have dreamed of, of what you have seen. It is only phase one. It is only phase one. Oh, Jesus. And so the builder grace upon core church to be a kingdom training center. It's being launched in the name of Jesus. We launch this house into its kingdom destiny, this next phase of kingdom destiny of a training center that will equip the saints not only in gifts, not only in fivefold, but in the identity of who they are so that rivers part when they walk. The earth responds whenever they walk because it recognizes the identity that is upon them. And so to every single one of you, I just declare in Jesus' name, you are part of what God is building in the earth. You are part of what God is expanding in the nations. Your leadership, your giving, your intercession, your prophetic words, your encouragement, every part of it is building something together that is bigger than what you see right now. Oh, man. Thank you, Lord. Ah, Jesus. So, Father, I thank you for this house and the faithfulness of God that is here and the faithfulness of the leadership, the faithfulness of the people. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Man, amen, amen. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Wow. Wow. (laughs) yes lord increase and upgrade increase and upgrade (laughs) yeah and i and i feel like there's probably some several of you that have some prophetic stuff on this and and you were seeing some things and so apostle chris Uh, I think I'm done for tonight, man. <laughs> I think I'm done for tonight. Um, I just want to thank the Lord that none of this went according to what I thought was going to happen. <laughs> no, I, I, I felt there was going to be something, and I was like, man, Lord, I'm not, I'm not really getting anything. What's going on here? I'm a little concerned. <laughs> I mean, I was getting a few pieces, right, some of the pieces, but then it was like, Lord, I don't like it when like, you wait till the last minute. Or when I just get the mic, I like to be prepared, but um, I love what God's doing here. 
I love what God's doing here, and I, and I feel like part of that is that spontaneous breaker, the breakthrough dimension, and, and it's already been functioning, it's already been happening, um, but, but this is a whole new era, and it's for this house, and for you both, and for all of you that are here, amen? All right, bless you, bless you. Ooh, that's good stuff, amen? Um, so uh, so uh, we just hugged, so that's our tag to switch. <laughs> um, during the, the, the mind-blowing drops that he was giving, and in the middle of that, uh, there were several statements that Ryan made uh, about the releasing of things and the, um, uh, the giftings and stuff. And even right here during that word where it switched, from Raquel and I over into the church, um, uh, I, I saw some things there. How many of you in here right now, and look, as I look around, uh, I think 90% of y'all have been with us for some length of time, and so um, uh, the new era is not just us, it's us, amen, and there's also that release of that new era for this region that we're stepping into. How many of you tonight right here there, when he was speaking on some of that newness, anybody saw or felt uh, the newness of gifting or releasing of gifting over yourself? That you did you see or hear anything or feel anything different for you and your gifting? Anybody, just lift your hand. It's something specific I need to say or do. Joy, Laura, Carrie, anybody else? So all the rest of y'all gonna say the same? Okay, Ryan. No. I'm serious. Did you feel like whoa? That's a that's a me thing. Yes. Okay. So if you, if you would, do me a favor, just, if that was you, just lift your hand for a second, because in the name of Jesus, we are going to step into this thing together, and we are conquering it together. We're not just receiving it from the Lord, we're going to conquer this area with the kingdom of God, and we receive the newness of whatever this is over you. Whatever you saw, felt, sensed, heard, tasted, we are receiving it together right now as core, and we're not going to just tiptoe into it. We're going to step into it with that breaker piece that he just described as to who you and I are. That's who we are, and we are going to do this thing. And the newness starts now. The stepping into that new era is now, and we lift our hands as a show of faith that he talked about, about that this is us. Hello, we're here. We're in the room. Amen? That's us, and we're going to do it. Amen? So everything just shifts right now, just like that, with just that simple show of faith. Amen? Man, so Father, I thank you for this right here. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for the discernment, the understanding, the wisdom, the newness, the new era. We thank you, Father, for what you are doing in this amazing group of people right here. In the name of Jesus. Man, Father, I pray that just everything from here out, that it would just be that continual upgrade. I love that breaker piece about the mindset. Amen. And I'm praying to right now that our mindsets, not, the, not just the old being broken, but the new being broken open. Amen. Almost like this cracking of an egg. I love some eggs, man. And Raquel is the best cook in the world. And when she makes eggs and cracks that open, I know there's some goodness coming out. I see it like this, just an just a egg cracking with newness. Amen? So we're going to break off the old and crack open the new. And we step into that, Lord. 
We step into that, not just by faith, but we step into that with favor because that's our inheritance. That is our inheritance. That's our, you said birthright. I love that, man. That's my birthright. Man. Okay. This is good stuff, man. Amen. So, whoo, man. I'm a changed man tonight. <laughs> All for truth? Yes. Man, this has been good. Man, Ryan, thank you so much for getting out of the way. Yeah, that's what you did. Just like you were telling that story. And I saw that, man. You just, you just out of the way, man. And, and that, this was all God, man. This was so powerful and good. I can't wait for tomorrow. Tomorrow's the icing on the cake, right? Um, man. So, uh, yeah, tomorrow, 1030. Um, man. Yeah, let me get you out of here. Sorry. Uh, listen, if you, do need, if you do need prayer for anything specific tonight, um, like, look, um, a lot of y'all know about my knee, my, my knee right now. Look, I ain't been able to do that for like two weeks. James had been seeing me. He's outside there. He's been seeing me hobble around the warehouse and the shop all week. I had all this pain today, and I am completely pain-free right now. Um, yeah. So if you need prayer for anything specific, then just, just come up here to the front after service right here when we end in just a few minutes. We want to pray for you, for, agree with you on anything that there is you might have need of. Uh, we love you all. Don't forget tomorrow, 1030. We are starting uh, that new uh, stuff with the kiddos that we lined out. So you have any kind of, um, uh, you want to help, you want information, be sure and see Lydia. Uh, and also, um, you know, Ryan didn't tell me, yeah, brother, I can come, but I need this much money. He didn't do that right? And he wouldn't because the honor that he has, right? The way that he is, he's just, he's just a great-hearted guy. And so let's, let's, uh, let's sow into that. Amen? If you could just ask the Lord what to give, uh, we have a tab on our um, church app for giving online, or you can, there's a plates back there if you just want to drop some cash or a check or whatever. You can see Sarah, wave your hand around like you just don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can see her for help with that. We have a tab on there. It is for guest speakers, and you can just drop that in there. Um, you know, we, we really believe in the principle of sowing and reaping. Amen? And we want to honor our friends and our family that decide to come down. They, they agree to come down and sow into us. So let's, let's just give back. Amen? So please, don't, don't forget that. Um, man, you got any? No? Man, Father, I just thank you. I pray that everyone just has amazing night, amazing evening, uh, and that we would rest up today and you would speak to us tonight so that in the morning it just all clicks even more tonight, Father. I thank you so much in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said amen, amen. amen. God bless you all. Y'all be safe. If you need prayer, then just come on up here real quick and we'll get you. Thank you.